Everybody, welcome to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. I am your host, Kyle Bird, and I have uh, my other host, Matt Parmley. Um, we are back, um, and we have uh, with us um, our good friend Trevor, uh, who is no stranger to this this place. Um, and we're actually well. This was going to be two episodes until at the last minute we decided to just make it one thing. I was going to say we're, he's here to actually talk about a good movie this time. Because mm-hmm. um, that really doesn't happen very often. I mean, even with what we've done now, it's still nice to be on an episode that's not like asylum-based. <laughs> you know? so, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we finally got Trev on for something that's not just some <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. So... Um, it's you earned it. <laughs> you, you earned it. Um so uh I I guess um so we have two two um uh, main topics today. One is one is the uh the the Power Rangers reunion special on Netflix uh once and always uh that came out last week. Um and then the other is uh, a French, I think our yeah, our first French film, um, which is from Quentin Depew, who if you don't know who that is, we will make sure to, well, I guess try to explain him. Um, so, uh, uh, and and that ties into Power Rangers in that it's um, you know it's very much uh, in the the kind of a homage to. Um, you know, Japanese superheroes, specifically, you know, the Super Sentai and Power Rangers variety. Um, and I, and I guess, uh, at some point we'll kind of, um, kind of use that to deconstruct some of this stuff a little bit. But, um, so I guess it, it would probably make more sense to do the, the Power Rangers thing first, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess, I guess that's what we'll do. Um, so, uh, uh, I guess I guess I can do the plot synopsis for this. So so this is a reunion special. Um, 30th inf- anniversary. Yes, which you know what that means, right? Means no. we're <laughs> we're very oh, old. Oh, means oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, I mean we we've discussed Power Rangers uh, several times. Um, in previous episodes, so uh, you know, we don't have to get too much into, I don't know, 
I don't want to say what it means to us because I don't think we're all any of us are like super sentimental about this this property. Um, but it's something we all watched when we were younger, and there's some nostalgia here. And so this special is, I don't know, probably geared towards people our age in some ways. Well, kind of, yeah, we because we when we just did an episode on the Godzilla versus Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic book, we talked about how the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers themselves, those characters, probably aren't as known to young viewers. You know, maybe they're still watching the reruns on Netflix, but in general, anytime you're going back to the original Power Rangers, you're you're probably trying to play to adults who are nostalgic for that. Yeah, um, and yeah, you know, anytime they do something outside of you know whatever the new... Because, I mean, Power Rangers, it, it pretty much runs consecutively at this point with Super Sentai. There's a new Super Sentai series, there's a new Power Rangers series, and as long as one is going, the other is always going to keep going. Um, uh, I think I, I could be wrong, because I'm by no means an expert, but I, I think to this day, I think there might be, since Zoo Ranger, which was the one that they did when Power Rangers was you know, uh, adapting. I think, I think every series, every Sentai series since then, I think except for one has been adapted. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and, and they, they work hand in hand with Toei who, you know, will for extra episodes and stuff, they will provide suits, you know, they provide even stunt actors and even directors at some, at sometimes like there's, numerous directors that have directed both in Japan and here. So um, it's, it's a cooperative deal. Um, but yeah, I, you know, anytime something is, uh, I guess, um, I don't know, uh, any kind of legacy comic book or, you know, anniversary thing, it, it always goes back to the, the Mighty Morphin team. Um, which we mentioned in the comic book thing, that's that's kind of weird because at this point that's like one show out of like probably a couple dozen <laughs> at, at this point, and it's like you know you don't you don't see as much reverence for any of those, even though there's been so many since. Um, so yeah, it, it I don't know if people our age just once Mighty Morphin dropped and it went to I think Zio was the one after that. Uh, I don't know if everyone just stopped watching at the same time or or what, <laughs> but it seems like people only remember unless you're like someone a kid watching the new series or someone that's kept up after all these years. It seems like that's the only one people remember. I think it's just because it was the first, and they are that's the team that got the two movies as well. You yeah, know? so that's a big part of it. Um, so I guess I guess uh, I don't know. It's probably important. Um, to start by saying, you know, okay, I, we've used the word reunion a few times. Um, it's probably important to start by saying, like, it's really kind of like a half <laughs> reunion. Yeah, we probably should say that it seems like it was really spearheaded by David Yost. Yeah, for, from what Billy. I understand, he was actually trying to, like, get a concept off the ground. Um, I forget what it's called. It was called, like, Quantum... Quantum something. Continuum. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and so I think he kind of pitched that and it seems like if it, it, you know, someone was like, okay, whatever. And then it went into other writers' hands and this is what came out of that. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, we, we should talk about who is actually reuniting because 
I think that kind of will set the stage for this plot summary because um, there's there's some important people missing. Um, uh, so, um, returning rangers, we have uh, Zach, the Black Ranger, um, Billy, of course, David Yost, the uh, um, the Blue Ranger, um, and uh, we have. Uh, uh, who else is in this damn thing? <laughs> um, we should say Walter Jones plays Zach. Yes, yes, Walter have, Jones. We have Steve Cardenas back as Rocky, the oh, second yeah. Red Ranger. Which you, you, you were probably happy to see. You're, you're. <laughs> I, if they had pulled out a pachinko machine, though, I would, it would have sent me over the moon. <laughs> if we could have had uh, a, a, a callback to Rocky just wants to have fun, one of the best episodes of all time. Yeah. Um, um, also, Captain Sutherland as Cat, who is the second Pink Ranger. Um, and then in, like much smaller capacity um johnny young bosch as adam who's like the second black ranger and uh karen ashley as aisha the second yellow ranger they just kind of pop up uh out in space i guess they were i don't know i didn't stick i didn't stick around through all this continuity but i guess they ended up on one of those power ranger shows that went into space and they're still out there from what i understand there's a a, there was there's the series again uh oh trev we watched a a little bit of this one uh spd is the one we watched a little bit of where it's like in the the future yeah because we watched where that's what the show that zordon died in right he died in uh law the one that was in space yeah was that no, that was I want to say. Hold on, I have the like page in front of me. People that are like more faithful to Power Rangers, probably because the space one is the one who had the guy from Kickboxing. Okay, Kick. okay, that one's just co- called Power Rangers in Space. Um, SPD was uh, it took place like twenty years into the future or something. It took okay. place, but uh, but uh, apparently, like the the uniforms that Adam and Aisha are wearing are like the uniforms that like. Uh, the uh, I don't know the the captains or whatever. So they weren't and, even really on that show. That was just a way to have them in. The yeah, yeah. Place. So okay. so oh, this okay. so since that takes place in the future, I guess if you were looking at this as like canon or continuity, this would be in the be before the, that series. Because um, they mention like the well, we'll talk about canon yeah. And canon they mention like the yeah, <laughs> but they mention like the the bad guys from that show when they like are talking on, you know, Zoom or whatever. They're like yeah. the something army or whatever. Um uh so that that's like the our people that are back. We the we have Alpha Five back, only now it's mm-hmm. Alpha Nine. So yes. they've been through several of these things. Um Zordon is still dead. Um Rita is still dead, however that gets complicated. Um, so missing cast members, um, you know, Thuy Trang, who played Trini, um, has been dead since like 2000, I want to say 2002, early 2000s, but she got in a horrific car accident and was killed. Um, so that one's obvious, and that's also like a big anchor for, I guess, the storyline of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Ranger, um, was, uh, is not here, um unfortunately uh she there there were personal reasons um i know she said she mentioned talking about you know you know leaving her family and going out to shoot in this thing and and she is still involved because she's writing a comic book i was gonna uh, say she has not turned her back on the franchise right right you know and and yeah she's writing a comic book about i guess her character who's older and then jason david frank who uh was offered he turned it down um because he was really focusing on um, 
his new film, The White White Tiger something. I forget what it's called. But I'm sure I'm sure we'll review it because it's supposed to be out sometime. Legend of the White Dragon. Ah, there you go. Um uh and you know, I mean he's 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 probably out of all of these people the person that's shown up the most and yeah. continuously over the years. And it seems like he just wanted to kind of finally know, move on. Yeah, finally be like, you know, I, I I've done so much for and I want to focus on my new thing because he had a, he had big aspirations for that character that um you know from from that upcoming film. Um so he turned it down uh and then shortly after it was completed, he, you know, he he also uh died. Um and then uh Austin St. John uh who plays Jason um was not able to leave the country um because he uh got roped up in a scandal involving uh what was it he was, it was a defraud defrauding the paycheck protection program so he was <laughs> indicted he was indicted in for that in May of last year and so he was unable <laughs> to leave the United States to go film this in Australia yeah yeah um whoops <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, those are all, that's, uh, pretty much four of, you know, the main, you know, uh, the, the, the main characters, <laughs> um, uh, one of whom, don't know, uh, oh, sorry, I was still in New Zealand, not Australia, but he okay. couldn't go there either. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, one of those actors, uh, literally, unless, you know, you could, bring people back from the dead couldn't but then the other three you know just various circumstances kept them yeah. from coming back well it really felt like and we'll talk about this too with the story it really did feel like um yost in particular wanted to make this a tribute to Thoi Trang. yeah and i yeah. know i know I've, I've read that they he was his they had a really close relationship um those two in particular yeah so um, that was definitely part of the motivation for him but uh yeah it's it's um i don't know it, it, it uh, I mean, we can see if we still felt like this after watching it, or if we even have an opinion on this after watching it. But I know, like you know, when the trailer came out, and we knew we, you know, when the cast announcements came out, you know, I I couldn't help thinking like, and I mean, yeah, if this is meant as a a, a tribute to you know, Trang, then it's like okay, I get it. But you know, when it's like oh, all these super important people, like pretty much like all of the fan favorites. Except for you know you know I mean so much of the original cast is missing I, I couldn't help but almost feeling like well why even like why why do this you know but yeah for me it was done it was also like done no favors by the fact that I had just watched the the last season of Star Trek Picard which is their like next generation reunion season and that you know they got the entire original crew of the next generation it's like yeah that's what that that's what you're supposed to do <laughs> like it, <laughs> it really works when you get everybody because then you can really pull on the heartstrings and the, the emotion of seeing all of your characters step under the bridge of the enterprise and then like you said when you're missing three of the original team members in this and in particular i mean no offense to austin st john but i think for me like not having jason david frank and amy joe johnson was really the, the strike against this going in especially since those two like, so I think those two are the biggest fan favorites, and they were even those were the two that cameoed in the Power Rangers movie yeah, well, Austin, years ago. I don't know. You know. Austin St. John is he just always seems to have like some, some kind of contentious 
Yeah. He, he just seems like he's he has got- a contentious relationship with the franchise. Because I know there's there's been previous specials where he's like, I just don't want to do it. And, like, mm-hmm. he, he... It doesn't just, stop him from, like, showing up at conventions, though, and, like, you know. And, <laughs> yeah, and acting crazy, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, still, I mean, it would have been nice to have any of them. Uh, but, uh, you know, we have what we have here. Um, no Balkan Skull, either. That's even weirder. I don't. I. I. I wasn't able to find an answer for that. But that's yeah, a strange. They, one. They, they show there's like a billboard showing that they run like a sandwich shop now together or something. Yeah, but they're not in it. And like, and, and I. I think Skull had a son that was like a recurring character in one of yeah. the later seasons. Well, thing, Bulk and Skull definitely, especially Bulk, kept recurring through a lot of the Power Rangers shows. So yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm again. It's the kind of thing where you feel like. They must have just not been asked, or they didn't want to pay him, because I'm pretty sure they would have done this. Yeah, the, and the, I know that Paul Shear, the actor that plays Bulk, is actually like a big like kaiju and tokusatsu fan. Like he watches all the Japanese shows that these are based on. Um, and yeah, he he just kind of like always like he's another one of those guys that's always just kind of you know online and stuff like kind of flying the flag for for this property. So yeah, that that's a strange omission. Um, that I I don't know. Um, also, I I mean I know we I know we all thought when this was going to happen we really really figured he would come back because it's like why not? But um, uh, unfortunately, uh, Brian Cranston does not come back to do the voice of Snizzard uh, that he did in the original series, and I, I know that we really were expecting that, weren't we? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I wouldn't have actually been surprised, given that he was, you know, he was cool enough to come in and do Zordon in the movie and everything. And he's he never shies away from talking about his Power Rangers experience in interviews. But uh, the notion of paying him for this is not a problem. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, yeah, this, this guy um, that that is voicing Snizzard here, not my Snizzard. Nope. I, I'll also say, if I want to give them any credit, and I'm, like I guess I'm sure it was financial, but at the end of the day, having Brian Cranston's voice in it, and like all, like at that point, probably all the attention on this special would have been about Brian Cranston coming back to do the voice of Snizzard. And again, I, I do think <laughs> to any level of integrity, it seems like Yost wanted the attention of yeah. this to be on, on him and and like and especially Thoi Trang's character. Right. So, well, yeah, yeah. It, you're right because at that point it becomes a meme, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, um, there's definitely, I don't know how much money was spent on this, but probably, I don't, I don't know. I, Netflix well, that's why is, I wanted to ask you too, but before we even get into the plot thing, cause you mentioned how like the, the, the way the Power Rangers franchise works. Um, but obviously like the Power Rangers movies, or at least the first movie were kind of the one time they were done independently, right? Yeah, and yeah. Were, and I was wondering, was this this special wasn't done with Toei's involvement at all? Was it like this? Uh, the the closest thing. I could find, because um, I was I was kind of poking around because I was wondering the same thing. The closest I could find is uh, for the ranger scenes. You know, that's obviously not the actors, right? Um, for the ranger scenes, uh, it was some of the like the Japanese stunt actors that play them, like on some of the shows. Um, and some of those guys have gone, you know, some of those guys are, will do that in both, both series. You know, if they, mm-hmm. if the American series needs extra shots of some of the Rangers, you know, sometimes they just get the Japanese actors to do it. So in the Power Rangers suits, um, are some of the Japanese Ranger actors that do the stunt, uh, suit acting for the Rangers. 
the Japanese series. That's all I could find, though, um, as far as, you know, any additional resources. It seems like, you know, here's some suit actors. That's probably the most they, they lent out. Um, which, again, you know, might be a budgetary thing. We can talk about that because there's... Because we also found, um, you know, one of the writers, I think it was one of the writers, writers, producers or whatever, um, had commented on, you know, the final battle in this and why it's what it is. <laughs> and it really doesn't seem like what they, to do it the way we, us old school guys, would have liked to see it, it really doesn't seem like it would have been that much of a stretch to, you know, throw a couple dollars in to actually, yeah. you know, build out a studio space for a practical set, but... Now, last question I'll ask before we get into the plot is, do you, and you, either of you can answer this, do you think that Rocky, Kat, and Adam, and Aisha would have been in this at all if Jason David Frank, Austin St. John, and Amy Jo Johnson had agreed to be in it? Or do you think they yeah. only brought them in because they had to, like, <laughs> they're like, you can't just be Zach and Billy. Like, yeah. Well, they definitely needed a, <laughs> Catherine Sutherland wouldn't have, because she definitely needed to be a Pink Ranger. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they were just like, well, you know, it sucks. Like, you know, how do how do we like? I how guess, do we make uh, it feel more special? Yeah how how do we how yeah. do we soften the blow a little? Like, how can we give them a little sugar to, you know, make the medicine go down? The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> it's hundred percent no. Um. So yeah, I guess I guess we'll talk about the plot of this thing. So, uh, you know what? It, it, it one thing that because uh, we talked about continuity and stuff, they definitely like all the other Ranger teams definitely exist in like the storyline of this. Um, but like since it's a a Mighty Morphin reunion and B budget stuff, like we never see or hear about any mm-hmm. of the other teams. Um, but yeah, one thing I I don't know, maybe someone that keeps up with Power Rangers more can explain to me is like when another season starts and there's a new team, like I don't know, are we just left to think like oh the other team is just handling stuff somewhere else because it 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 seems I mean, like think, they it, don't break up. I think I have there's a, a a point of confusion about this for me because we Bird you and I have watched other like crossover episodes where they've like you know oh the you know. Uh, Jason shows up, but he's still a Red Ranger. You know, yeah, obviously yeah. there was like the Forever Red one where all the Red Rangers are in it. And they've been, I know they've had jokes about there being like a Power Ranger newsletter. And once you become a Power Ranger, you know, you kind of know about the previous Power Rangers. So I think there's an insinuation that some of the teams do exist concurrently. But what is confusing here is that I think, and this is why you have to question, I sound so stupid right now, but you have to question <laughs> if this is in continuity or canon simply because this special presupposes that the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are still that team as adults. And I think that's the first time that's ever been said, where it's like, yeah, Billy, mm. Zach, Jason, Kimberly, they're all still the Power Rangers, even into their 40s and 50s. And I was like, what? Like, And the, the special just doesn't bother to explain that. It just starts and tells us, yeah, they're the Power Rangers. Still. And, 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 and so in that, the case... That was confusing. Well, in, in, in the case of Zach and um, Adam... And Trini and Aisha, so like they're they're acknowledging that like oh, because they they because like Adam and Aisha replaced Trini and Zach when they left in the original show, and it's like they're yeah. still around. So does that mean that like once they went to like be captains on the space team or whatever, that like they, the other two came back? Like what what exactly is going and on? They said Zach became a congressman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah, they just like threw. Is that from a got, from the show, or is that just? It's got to be a reference to something. I don't think they would just have that in there. For, I, I imagine that's got to be. Like I don't know. Have you seen this movie? Like, I, <laughs> has he been back? <laughs> uh, okay, I'm 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 pulling up his uh, his film because if he hasn't been back since uh, Mighty Morphin, then yeah, that all happened like between then and now. <laughs> um. Uh, I mean, he's done stuff for the series, but not as Zach. Like, he was a voice in one of these. Um, so, yeah, he's a, he was a, and, and Rocky's a firefighter. So, I like, guess what they're feeding off of is the idea that, remember when he left, it was like, because he was going to attend the World Peace Conference? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> were like, well, obviously, the through line there is he must eventually become, like, a congressperson. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, he, he hasn't is, he hasn't played Zach since the nineties, so is is Trini's so we we have Trini's daughter character in this. Is she is this her first appearance or is like she and other stuff? This is her no, first this is her first appearance. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. And this is I like, guess I guess if they decide to continue with this character anywhere, um, this would be like her origin story, kind of. Yeah, because like Zach is her adopted father in this. Right. Yeah, he like well, ad- he adopts her after af- the yeah after Trini dies. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so yeah, I, I guess um, so. The 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 original crew, uh, uh, they're I don't know, they're back or maybe they never left. But um, uh, so. Uh, I guess this is revealed a little later, but Zordon is still dead because uh, he died in uh, Power Rangers in Space. Um, and if uh, you're someone that watched that episode, when he died, his like essence or something, they call it something else, I don't know. It like spread throughout the galaxy. It turned Rita and Lord Zed good. Um, and it, I don't know, it, you know... Grew flowers and puppies and all, you know, all was right with the world. He sacrificed himself to stop this, uh, to, to to stop evil, and his goodness just infected everybody in that moment or something. Um, so uh, uh, his, I don't, it's called like Z particles or something. That's what that's called. And so Billy wants to try and see if he can find any remnants of that and bring it back and like maybe try to uh bring Zordon back uh as like I don't know like an AI or or something. He 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 want, he's trying to bring Zordon back and trying to get a hold of these particles. And uh he can't. But what he did was instead he uh accidentally brought in evil part the evil particles that dispelled from Rita Repulsa when when that happened. And um they have uh, more or less taken the form of a robot Rita. Uh, Robo- well, she took she Rita. she took over Alpha Eight. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, what happened to uh, six and seven? I don't Don't worry about it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yes, so so that's where Robo Rita comes from, and now we have Alpha Nine. Um, and Robo Rita, uh, you know, she's uh, uh, determined to. Do her thing, which is conquer the world. Um, she brings back uh, uh, Minotaur and Snizzard, two of her monsters from the original series, uh, also back as robots. 
why she didn't bring back um like Goldar or uh I don't know some more memorable monsters or more helpful monsters uh is anybody's guess honestly it's really strange that they they didn't seems like instead of Robo Minotaur why not have Robo Goldar I don't know isn't that kind of weird too it's weird. The only thing I can think is maybe they maybe they were thinking this is the first of a you know they're planning to do more and they're like let's not burn everything off in this first one. That's the only it's possible like, yeah. answer to give. Yeah. Um, but that's what we got. Uh, anyway, so uh, <laughs> what we also didn't mention about the missing cast members is that um, we have suit actors in the um, um, uh, you know uh, the red, pink, green. Um, uh, and yellow suits, and they use stock audio of um, <laughs> Three Trang, Amy Jo Johnson's, Jason, Jason David Frank, Austin St. John. Um, also, it's weird because yeah, uh, Tommy's green again. Like, why is he mm-hmm. green again? Even in that, even in that cycle, he he turned w- into the White Ranger. He's so. a White Ranger, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's weird. Um, he's also well, he's been a Red Ranger since too. Like, yeah, yeah. Kind of all, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, so, uh, Rita captures them and turns, turns them into like little Bandai toys and she puts them in a device that's like siphoning their energy and throughout the the series, you'll see, even though we don't see them in any form, but you know, the little toy form, um, we do see eventually she's adding to the collection with other Ranger teams from around the world and so on and so forth. Well, wait, you're missing the most important part of this, though, and that is that in their first like battle back with Rita Repulsa, she actually kills Trini. Yes. Um, she shoots Trini with her uh, magic scepter thing, and Trini dies... And, and, then the, the and, then, and then the and then the show then the special like then we see like them trying to uh, we learn that Trini's daughter did not know she was a Power Ranger. Yep. And Zach and Billy are in the living room trying to figure out how to like explain to her that not only is her mom dead but her mom died as a Power Ranger and she walks in and overhears it. Yep. And then and then there's a time jump and the yep. rest of the special takes place like a year later. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, yeah and then there's a time jump. That's where we learn that like Zach has uh, you know taken custody of her. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and she hates she hates Billy now because she's learned the whole story about how Billy accidentally brought back Rita. So she yep. blames Billy for the death of her mom. Yeah. Um, Drama. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so so uh, they are having to deal with this problem of all the Rangers being kidnapped and siphoned, and uh, you know the uh, Rita's plan is. She's uh, trying to power up a time machine that she has created, and she intends to go back to when she is released from the the space dumpster um, and tell her younger self everything that she knows now so she can end up winning and, uh, you know, defeating the Power Rangers, you know, before they're even, before they can even get to her. Um, So it becomes a race against time um, to save all these Power Rangers that have been uh, captured and uh, stop Rita from meeting her younger self. Um, and, uh, yeah. And it, if it, you're it, listening to this and thinking, oh, okay, so the end must obviously be they release all the Power Rangers and all the different Power Rangers from the different teams fight Rita, right? No. <laughs> yeah. 
um, yeah, instead uh, we get a uh, an all CG green screen uh, fight with um, the Megazord and Snizzard <laughs> on a uh, a lunar uh, a lunar surface of you know the moon or wherever. But the is. the dramatic through line of the special is about Trini's daughter who now wants to be the new Yellow Ranger, having yeah, accepted yeah. her mom's legacy, and they don't, they were trying to keep her from it of how dangerous it is. Yeah, but she steals. Yeah, she steals Trini's morpher, and like throughout the the special, she's like getting basically like almost getting in, into trouble on purpose and trying to morph, and it doesn't work. And everyone's like, you know, can you not? Um, but yeah, and what what gets uh, so Zach and Billy are able to get Cat um, and Rocky in. Uh, they do something called the Bandora Protocol, which I guess is like Bandora is uh, the Rita Repulsa character in the original Zoo Ranger series. Um, her name mm-hmm. was Bandora, so I think that's a reference to that. <clears throat> but from what I understand, it's like if she ever comes back, like they press a button and like are there. <laughs> um, and I guess this was established in previous series, but uh, Kat and Tommy have since married and they have a kid. And so like, she says like, she got like teleported from his, like, I don't know, like soccer practice or something. I don't remember. And then uh, Rocky was like on duty as a firefighter. Um <laughs> So a house probably burnt down and a kid probably didn't get picked up from soccer practice because of this also. Um, she doesn't seem really worried about Tommy throughout this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't seem to worry. Yeah, she really doesn't. Tommy, he's fine. <laughs> um, I guess we should mention, too, I, we could have said this earlier, but um, Barbara Goodson is back as the voice of Robo Reader yes, Repulsa. Yep, yep. And, oh, then, okay. uh, yeah, and Richard Horvitz as Alpha. Yeah, who I was... I like. I had to look that up because, like, when he was because he's as Alpha in eight and nine, like he sounds like Alpha five, but he sounds mm-hmm. a little like raspier. So I was like, is this the same guy or is this like he's someone older. doing an imitation? And uh, it turns out it's the same guy. He's just like ninety now or whatever. <laughs> also, the voice of Invader Zim. Really? Yeah. Well, look at that. Um. So anyway, that that's the story and all the baggage behind it because there is a lot of that. Can can I ask another noob question? This is the first Rita this is the first like Robo Rita, right? Yeah. There's there's yeah. not another one. Yeah. Okay. No, Rita has not been around since she like was basically killed before. Yeah, she was like turned yeah. good and then yeah. Yeah. I think I think the good version of her character did stick around and like help she, yeah at some point because yeah, she has like a sister right and like the good version maybe helped with that. i don't know yeah something like that but th- yeah this is like the rita repulsa that you know you are familiar with this is the first time that has been back since then um oh and billy i guess is like a like a well, he big runs tech like a guy. Yeah, he runs like a big tech company. Yeah, he's like and Steve then, Jobs or something like a, now. It's like a front for the Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it pretty much is. <laughs> the basement is like a Power Rangers base, but nobody knows about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Um, uh, and he's got a I, magic car too. Oh yeah. I yeah, feel like fly. that was in the show at some point, but I, I, might I think that probably was, but you know. 
Um, so, uh, so yeah, um, this is, uh, definitely something. Uh, oh, I, and yeah, I guess, I guess we should say, I guess the director, Charlie Haskell is a guy that, um, he has a big history with Power Rangers, um, and has directed a lot of Mighty Morphin. Interestingly enough, He's also a guy Sam Raimi uses a lot as an AD, um, mm-hmm. and he was the first assistant on a lot of like uh, the Ash vs. Evil Dead episodes, and on the recent Evil Dead Rise, he was the assistant director. First assistant. I mean, I'm guessing that's a New Zealand thing too, right? So, Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, All right, Matt, you've been Matt, you've been chomping at the bit, so why don't you go? Talk. I, I, the, this, like, I didn't like this at all, and. I found it really frustrating. There's something like one of the strangest story choices in this is the fact that like you're dropped into the middle of a battle at the very beginning and you don't find out to what a third or halfway through that. Like it was Billy's fault that Rita comes back. Oh, I actually liked that. Uh, I'll defend that. later. I I, I hated that because I felt like if they had done that early, it would have been easier to follow. And it was a bit frustrating. Um, This is like this movie has zero of the Power Rangers charm while trying to still capture some of the 90s nostalgia. And it just, like, for me, felt incredibly flat. Uh, And then when you add to that, obviously, like, you know, half the cast not being a part of it. I don't know. I just... I watched it with Landon, and, like, he watched it, but even he was kind of making comments about how... Meh. Like, (laughs) you know, it was 55 minutes, and we watched it, but, like, I, I... Honestly, I kind of hated it. Not like in a, like it made me rage or angry kind of way, but just like, I just thought it was really bad. So you just thought it was already, a waste of time, <laughs> more or less. We, we've already hashed this out a little bit in a previous discussion, but I, th- but I, I don't, and I don't know how much Bert will be with me. I, I think kind of, but like, I don't know. It, it's just strange to me to hear that opinion because I can see saying this is not that great because it's not, but I like I, I said my review like uh, I will just bring up my review so I said honestly it's really no worse or stupider than your average Money Morphin Partners episode and that's how I feel like I I agree well, I, that I agree that not having the whole cast there is the problem like that's what gives it like a like a bad stink but in terms of, like the plot being dumb and the acting being off and it being cheesy and like you know I was just like yeah that's that's Power Rangers and it's just weird to me that I think is this a case of like us being old and having our nostalgia goggles on the wrong way and, and expecting this to be anything other than what it was. And I feel like honestly, the special for the most part of like what it's delivering on a story level and on everything is pretty much in line with what this franchise always was. So I don't know. Like it, I, I don't think it's great, but I don't think it's like, I'll, I'll talk about some things that did bother me. Like I said, I'm not, not just the cast misting, but I, I want to talk about the, the usage of Trini in this, but I didn't over other than that element, I didn't find it like disrespectful to the franchise or anything or that that aggravating. Like, I don't know. I just it's only 55 minutes and I more or less enjoyed watching it. I'd say I thought it was kind of fun. Uh, I'm between the two of you. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Matt. So so here's my my rebuttal to like, well, it's just kind of like an average Power Ranger show. The thing about the original, like the original two or three seasons is that there was a degree of creativity that you have to come up with when you Americanize the show. And especially for them, when they had to actually combine like footage from different TV shows to make the, their storyline work. And then in, of course, incorporate like 
new footage with um, the the same like suit actors and stuff. So I felt like the original show at least showed some creativity, and I felt like a lot of this was just. I don't know. Like it, it, it wasn't. Yeah, creative. but like I think what you're forgetting is you're saying that that's a little creativity. But go back and watch a lot of those episodes. They didn't do a very good job at doing that. <laughs> it was usually like I mean, like pretty shaky. And again, know? well, I, I just I, this. It felt like it just missed the mark pretty much constantly for me. And and I'm not like I'm not the biggest Power Rangers fan. I have very nostalgic appreciation for the show. I watched it when I was like eight, nine, ten, and then I fell off after. Mighty Morphin kind of went, came and went, right? I probably right after the 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 movie dropped, um, back in what like '95. So like I, I'm not defending it from that standpoint. It's just for me, it kind of felt. I don't want to say soulless because I don't think that the intention was bad or off. Like I, I get the idea of wanting to honor the like honoring Trini's care, like honoring Trini as a as a character, but also as a person. Like I I totally can appreciate that, mm-hmm. but it felt just kind of hollow. I'll, I'll talk about, well, Bert, I know you want to talk to, and I'll, I'll, in case I forget this, let me just say this. I, I will say, as I said, I don't think it's perfect, but I think the intention of paying tribute to Thoi Trang was like well-intentioned and kind of a nice part of this. And also I will say, um, and man, I'm not even sure how much you notice if you're not as into Power Rangers or don't pay as much attention to it as Bird and I stupidly do. But the, the whole thing <laughs> we don't even this, watch it, but we like pay attention to it. It's yeah. really weird. The whole thing about this being like so driven by David Yost. Um, if this was something he felt like he needed to do to kind of come to peace with like the Power Rangers franchise as well, and like put him in like a better place with it, because in recent years he's talked about the. The harassment. That was a rough experience. Make, yeah. yeah, he had a really rough time making the show. Even though yep. he stuck with the show longer than anyone else, he was there was a lot of like um, homophobic bullying of him. Yeah, and seems like cast, he, yeah, seems like mostly like crew, me- like crew, crew members, producers. Like yeah. yeah, he got along with the cast, but he he had a really hard time with it. And I think only in recent years he started to kind of come back around to being able to look back at it nostalgically. And I think this was kind of like a reclamation for him to say like, okay, well, I'm gonna be the guy who kind of spearheads this now because i want to still like this character i want to still like being part of this franchise so i also can look at it kind of positively to that degree as well um i'm so like between the two of you it's not even funny i'm i'm more leaning towards like trev's overall sentiment but i get what matt's saying and i don't know i'm gonna hope that i maybe maybe something i'm gonna say is gonna click with him because i i think i sort of know what he 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 is is saying here like one thing that is cool about um power rangers i mean pick pick your series um you know cuz cuz matt was talking about this the stock footage and this doesn't have any it's one of the few power rangers things that you know has been done without relying on on that um this feels like to me um, a Power Rangers episode with the budget of a Power Rangers episode, maybe a little more, maybe a little more, but without any of that footage. And, and I mean, the the thing that is cool, even watching those shows as an adult, is watching you know the action s- sequences, you know, some of the choreography. Obviously, the 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 monster suits and the miniatures. That's always our jam here, but. Um, you know, the action on those shows really was really good. And I mean, 
to give you some context for that, like that that's all the Japan Action Club. Um, I know uh, if you've listened to maybe some of our interviews with some some uh, some of our, our Japanese guests we've had on here, or um, our Sunny Chiba uh, episodes, the Japan Action Club, like that that was Sunny Chiba's like stunt company, you know. So it, Sunny Chiba's guys, you know, are the ones that were doing all yeah. the, all the all that fighting. And I mean, like it, it's not going to get a whole lot better in terms of, you know, fight choreography than, you know, the guys that Sonny Chiba trained. I mean, so so you don't really have that. That's not to say the action in this is particularly bad, but it's not particularly good. It's definitely not Japan Action Club. Um, and so, so things like that are what make the original series exciting. And I, I think... Removing things like that, and like I said, the whole finale uh, being, you know, really not great. I mean, the CG is probably like maybe a smidge above what they did in the original Power Rangers movie in the nineties. It's um, bad. Instead of having, you know, <laughs> you know, the suits and the sets, and I mean that stuff like that. Is, I don't know. It's bad, but I don't know when the last time you watched the movie was. I'd say it's better. It's it's higher than a smidge. Okay. <laughs> I probably better. last I mean, watched the movie with you. Um, because we're that, stupid like that, but uh, so he, I, I just want to add that, like, when you get to the end and you have this the confrontation and they bring out all the Zords, it's like there's this level of disappointment that you don't just have you have the CG, but then like it's on the most bland lunar like moon. Well, set yeah, I, imaginable. Well, I, and even that I don't mind because I mean that's that's even that's what the 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 surface of the that. Uh, you know, I, that's what that and looks again, like. And, and again, I'll say like, and not to just keep using this as the ultimate defense, but again, like go back and look at like the sets and the backgrounds of the, the, the fights think, in the original. Like, yeah. Like not, in the original, like they, they've fought on the moon surface and it looks like that. But the problem here is that it's a lot of rock quarry. Fights. Yeah. It's green screen. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, the, <laughs> obviously, yeah. Obvious, the old Toei uh, rock quarry. Yeah. Is, they were like <laughs> using the same white rock quarry for like every one of their shows oh yeah it, almost any to- i think even now they still go there i'm pretty oh, yeah. i'm pretty sure even the shin common rider trailer has some stuff that was shot in that damn quarry um but yeah the yeah the, i mean my disappointment is the cgi and it's not that i mean you could have had you know uh i don't know i feel like a lunar surface is a set that you could you could have made and and you know the 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 guy uh on twitter he had mentioned we didn't have the budget or the studio space to do it practically um i don't know man i mean how cheap is this that you can't build a lunar moon surface hell get like four of the toei guys in and i'm sure they could build it in like an hour. <laughs> I mean, what this, what this kind of reminds me of, and like, look, this is going to sound crazy because I'm not at all saying this special is as good as what I'm about to bring up, but I feel like it's in the same vein of like the discussions we saw around um, the the fourth Matrix film because there was people like me who loved the fourth Matrix movie. It's so my like, favorite oh, Matrix the, movie. The, the Wachowskis are doing so, or well, only one, but they're it, they're doing something so interesting because it's like this whole like meta narrative about the Matrix and about nostalgia and about where we are with Hollywood right now. But what it didn't have was it didn't have the cutting edge action of the first mm. three. It didn't have the crazy fight scenes. It didn't have like, you know, spectacular, amazing bullet time sequences. You know, the people were really let down by the action matrix four. And you saw that as a huge complaint over and over. 
And then you had people like me kind of just trying to justify it by saying it was pretty clear Lana Wachowski just isn't interested in that anymore. Like, she, she didn't care about the action. That's not what she made that movie for. She made the movie to be this, like, heartfelt love story about Trinity and, and Neo. And I think with this, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you guys that the action is disappointing and that, you know, I'm like, oh, I wish we had the practical swords and everything. But I also think the people who made this were more interested in the, just the, the nostalgic like element of having the original actors back and this like kind of dramatic emotional through line of the Trini story and her daughter. Like that was what they were, that's what they were trying to sell. And I will say, I honestly think they probably were willing to kind of shortchange the other action element of it. Cause that's not what was on their mind. Mm. Now, if this was like a weekly show and they were bringing it back, that would be a problem. But as like, for me, like a one-off 55 minute special that's on Netflix and we don't even know is in continuity and honestly it probably isn't <laughs> I, like, I'm like, well, whatever, you know, did I need like the best action ever or, or do I think they should have focused on the character stuff? I think the character stuff was probably the right move. So I, I'm actually curious, Trev, you mentioned you had a, a couple, like, I would love to hear the things about the story that you said you, you actually did have a problem with. Cause, cause well, the biggest, was, the, the biggest yeah, one, the, yeah, sorry. The biggest one is the. I just found it so bizarre for it to be a tribute to Thoi Trang and to have this whole through line to just like murder Trini on screen in like the first <laughs> five minutes. It was just like sh- shocking to me because like I don't I don't even know if the franchise ever dealt with like the death of a Power Ranger before, but I, th- I think it was something about because Bird said the thing how they were using they're using like the audio of the actual actors from the past. So yeah, it's like, it, yeah. took, like, it took me a second to realize, Oh, this, that's actually supposed to be like, I, cause I went into this thinking, I didn't know that all the characters would be back. You know, I didn't know what I thought it would just get the characters we saw in the, in the trailer. And so when I realized, Oh, that's supposed to be Trini and Tommy and Kimberly. And then when you hear Trini's voice and then like just a couple seconds later, they like atomize her. And I just, there's something, <laughs> there was something to me. I don't know how you guys feel about it. There's just something to me like really kind of gross and inappropriate about using the character that way. Now I get that it's all about setting up a tribute to her and, and doing the whole thing with her daughter, but Oof. couldn't you just, couldn't you have done the same story with saying Trini died of like natural causes or died off screen or died before it started? I don't know. It's very, very weird to me. Yeah. Okay. So she, she dies in a car accident. She, well, that's real life. She sort of, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like, there's a sequence in the, in the, in the movie that after the battle ends, they like look off this cliff and I'm like, you know, guys realize she, she went off a cliff, right? Like that just felt, I don't know. To me, the thing that I kept thinking about was like, that kind of felt gross. Like it felt kind of weird to have like them. And I, I realized I'm sure she went off a cliff. To... I thought she got like, I thought she hit like a semi or something. And she, I don't know. I don't want to, like, I said, I want to look into the gross details of it, but yeah, I, I know I'm just saying, but like that, well, I mean, she met a pretty gruesome and <laughs> I, I mean, but that, Trev, I, I, what I'm saying is, is, I agree with your overall sentiment that, like, five minutes in, it, maybe less than honestly, like she's mm-hmm. she's gone, and I, I don't know, it just it felt rushed, which is the whole point I was trying to make earlier. Of, I wish that we could have had that sequence where we find out that Billy had, like, what I, what I would have done is, if you're going to keep the same story, you have. Billy bring back Rita accidentally and then summon the Power Rangers and in the process of that Trini sacrifices herself mm-hmm. I felt like that would work better and feel a little less I don't know well, you're whatever right. her, that. Car, her, her car did go off a cliff so yeah okay. that that's and like they, they just like they spend there's a sequence where like the camera lingers on them they're staring off the side of a cliff maybe that was their way to like say goodbye or whatever but like to me it just kind of felt like I don't know I don't know if I like that or not. Well, um, 
I don't know. I I thought it was a little weird, but I probably wasn't as sketched out as you guys were about it. But yeah, you're dead inside. So like, well, yeah. yes. Uh, I I. But what you're saying is making sense because in my head, I was you know I'm thinking about like okay, there's an actor that who died way too young and is not there to fulfill that role. How do you deal with it? And um, you know. I'm thinking of like, okay, Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther, but as awful as his death was, um, you know, it, it was, it was, he died of cancer, you know, Dewey Trang met a pretty brutal and her life was cut off in like an, an accident that was, you know, it, it was a gruesome death. Um, and so I, I get what you guys are saying that, um, you know, having her like, I guess die due to an act of violence <laughs> that we see like, is a little, it is a little strange. Um, that being said, I guess I agree with you in that it, it probably was, it might've been a mistake to show it the way that they did. Um, but I, I do think that, uh, you know, for, for this special to, you know, the theme of it is, you know, grief and these characters dealing with this death. So I get why, you know, you have to have dreams. Yeah. It's, it's about die. the execution of it, I suppose. I don't know. It's, and, you know, I, like I, I don't want to say. Like I wouldn't go as far as to say that it's tasteless or no, anything. I don't. Think, I, don't I, I, I would just say it's kind of. It is. It's kind of weird. It's not that it's tasteless. Yeah. It's that it's like it's hard to reconcile because I think it's one of those things where you know we talk about like one of the problems with the second Black Panther movie is the whole time you're watching it, you can kind of tell how sad the cast is, and it casts this like pall over the film. And with this, you can tell this is made to be a tribute to her, but. The fact that Trini dies so quickly in a special, in your head, you immediately say, as a fan, you go, oh, that's weird. I've never seen a Power Ranger die before, but they just killed her because Toy Trang is, is is deceased and not with us. So the, it, it instantly pulls you out of the special, and st- like now you're you're mentally thinking about how, like, oh, that's weird. They did that because she's dead. And now, like, that kind of, like, it, it's hard to, like, ever come back from that. And I kept thinking about it through, like, the whole special about how, like, oh, that's why yes, they did that. That's, and that's then. A- and yes. then there's like nothing. There's no way around this because it's not. It's obviously they did not know that we were also going to lose Jason and David Frank. But it is also then strange that just by timing of release, the special is so focused on her character, but not as. But there's like nothing about Tommy. And, <laughs> yeah, that's end. just bad timing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I will that's... say, and like that to that end, you know, I read how the, the the putting in the song at the end, the clip from the old episode, was a you know uh, an addition after he passed too. And I mean, you know, whatever else you can say about the special, when that when that came out, when that clip came out of everybody, and then they had the little tribute to the two of them at the end, like that pulled at my heartstrings. I'm not gonna lie. Like I got, you know, I thought that was well I, I done. Agree. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that part. I, I yeah. think to your point though, like it. I, first of all, I, I want to make make clear, like I don't think there was a, a a bad intention by anybody. So like I just think the mm-hmm. execution of it was kind of poor. Yeah. The other thing is, like, I wish. I, I I don't know. I didn't feel the connection between her daughter. Like I didn't feel the connection between Trini and her daughter the way that I would have wanted to for a a tribute movie. 
Yeah, maybe, well, it's maybe, tough because they like, can't have scenes together, right? So, but like, I, I, I don't know. Like, you have pictures there and different things, but it, for the most part, like after that initial sequence, it felt to me like it was all them talking about things versus. I mean, there, you know what the problem is, Matt, and I don't know if you agree. Is like I think that what what hinders this a lot is that you know what you said. Okay, like black, I'll, I'll use the Black Panther example again. As much as there's like a pall over that film, and as much as it's kind of tough, at least you're watching this cast who did work with him in the first movie. Yeah, that's fair. And is like you're actually getting to see their grief, and it feels so raw and real because of that. The Trini's daughter in this is a young actress who I'm, you know, obviously never met Doi Trang, and so it's like very strange. And like they have no scenes together because they can't. She's a new character. Us, oh, she's brand new in this. It's the first time we're learning Trini has a daughter. So to put the mm-hmm. whole like emotional weight of like the the, the Trini tribute on this actress who has no connection to Doi Trang and is like new to the franchise, it doesn't work. Like it can't. It can't work. It's, I, I can't, will say you can't feel any connection to her like connected to Trini because she's not really. There is something more natural. And I don't even know that this is a, this isn't a statement on, you know, anyone being more talented than the others, but there is a more natural feel to the, you know, like Zach and Billy, their grief feels a little more real. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and I, I, I think that that is probably exclusively because it's you know it, it's something that they're probably dealing with a little bit at, as they're doing these scenes as well. Um, whereas you know, I, I mean, the daughter, you know, she you know she did fine, but I, I think that there's something um, just in the fabric of all that that only people that you know worked so closely with. Trang are probably going to give you mm-hmm. because of no, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that, I, so that, was my, that was my main problem with it is that to me, like, because it happened so early on, it just, it hangs over the rest of it. So like I said, like I didn't dislike the special like you did, but I think the two things that kept me from like loving it are that and the absence of some important cast members. Um. So the, the the flashback that we get later showing how Robo Rita came into existence, you guys are on opposite ends. Yeah, see, I, I liked. I'll, I'll I'll talk about that just a little bit because Matt talked about it, I didn't like it. I liked it just because I always I really just in general like in media res openings to things and like creating a little bit of a mystery. And I did think like I agree. Like I felt thrown off at the beginning. Like when it just starts, you see like Billy just being attacked by putties and him and having to be the it's happened to you know morph and everything. I was like, wait, what's going on? But I kind of liked that the audio that the special trusted you to like just stick with it and eventually dole out that information. Like I don't really agree with Matt that the special's like confusing or anything. It's still just a Power Rangers thing. I think like a ten year old could follow this, but I kind of just liked not going chronologically and instead giving us that information later. And especially the way way how we I think it's important to get it later too because it informs the anger we see from Min towards Billy. And I think it's kind of nice that at first we don't really get it. And then it's kind of revealed to us. No. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, know. That I, I, agree, I, didn't, I, I can understand that sentiment. I didn't mind. I didn't mind it. It was, I don't know. It, it, it was a surprise. I like surprises. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I have one other minor, it, this is maybe a nitpick, but like, I kind of wish they didn't have Rita capture all the different power Rangers from every other, you know, like universe. 
Oh, I agree with that. I actually agree with that because of what I said earlier, where it sets up an expectation that I can't deliver on. When you're showing yeah. that she has laser Power Rangers, you really are setting up. Because, I mean, they've done this in the show before. And obviously, again, I know that's become that's because the Toei shows did it first and they were able to take that footage. But if you're if you're showing me that she's got one member of every Power Rangers team, I better see all those Power Rangers in Yeah, action, there's right? one... Exactly. Uh, I forget what series it was from, but there there's literally one series that wasn't too long ago. Like, there was, like, a big war and there was, like, an army of, like, I don't know, uh, evil bad guys... Yeah. Whatever their version of putties are, and there's a part where like literally every ranger team shows up to help, and you know, yeah. You, <laughs> when I mean, this, not only do not only do we not get that, but there's that stupid like that funny like toss off line of dialogue where even when they save Tommy, Kimberly, and you know uh, uh, Jason, we don't even like later they're just <laughs> like, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're recovering, they're recovering in uh, the med bay or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, you know, it's it's rough uh, getting big again, so it's going to take them a bit, you know. <laughs> Um uh anyway yeah uh there's there are some decisions that are just kind of strange and like Trev said I don't know if they're going to do like a sequel to this or whatever but um what please no I'm I'm I say yes just do it who cares like wait, why not <laughs> um I did read that this is like part of a I didn't that apparently Netflix is going to be where new Power Rangers yep. stuff just debuts now yep. like that's yep. yeah, okay Yeah Netflix kind of like yeah, they they just have Power Rangers now. It's, it's interesting weird. that like that's it's it's interesting because we gave some like misinformation in our previous episode where we said we thought all the Power Rangers were still on Netflix, which that's that was the case. the case for a long time. It was the case for a, a long time, yeah. But it's interesting that now Netflix is like the home of all new Power Rangers, but they didn't manage to maintain the rights to all the shows. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's well, wow. I don't know. I guess I don't think they're streaming anywhere else, but maybe no. they are. I don't know because I know Nickelodeon had it for a little while. Mm-hmm. Disney had it for a little while, and I know like Nickelodeon has Paramount Plus. There's Disney Plus, so I don't know. I, I would have to check, but I, I wonder if maybe because of Power stuff, Rangers could just have its own streaming service. It really could. I but yeah, I There's wonder. So many. I'm I, I wonder if maybe because of stuff like that, those studios that aired those shows first maybe have like. Maybe it reverted to them for a little bit, and then maybe Netflix will get it back. Who knows? This is a shame, Bird, because you and we only got like a third of the way into RPM, and now I can't go back. And, yeah, and finish we were it. liking it too, weren't that we? That was a good one. I like that one. I, and I, didn't I we decide we that didn't because finish. we were like, you know, we didn't watch like uh, we really barely we we were thinking like we barely watched anything, and then we kind of like. I don't know. Did like some quick googling of like, oh, what's like a fan favorite? That, I think it like, was like I think it was a two pronged. It was like it was fan favorite, and it also had Rose McIver from iZombie. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, it's an actress we know. So let's yeah, check yeah. this one out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was guys, it. Was like a Ma- it was like Mad Max meets Power Rangers. It was yeah, that was strange. a cool one. I we just I think the only reason we stopped watching is because we didn't get together as much as a group anymore. Right. So right. Uh, what do you guys think of uh, Robo Rita Repulsa? Because I thought it was like kind of a cool design. Yeah, I, yeah. Design wise, uh, Robo Rita was cool. Uh, Robo Minotaur and Snizzard were a little less inspired, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Robo Rita was fine. The other two were like me. It's just so weird, like even oh, mon- weird even monster Rita. wise. I don't feel like those are like two of the like more iconic power. Uh, I would have loved Goldarns and Scorpina would have been yeah yeah. Like, the two. I mean, there, there's more popular creatures. They should have. They could have like King Sphinx or um, oh, King Sphinx is the is the best. Yeah, like, there, I- there's <laughs> <laughs> there's some more iconic monsters they could have chosen. That's a, did you think it was strange that Robo Rita had like a robot face and then it got like 
half burned off and she just had another robot face (laughs) underneath it (laughs) yeah (laughs) right um so i don't know yeah i mean it's a mixed bag i i do think the stuff that worked well is the you know i don't know i liked kind of seeing them deal with you know the the fallout of like losing a team member and and stuff like that um you know, the daughter's storyline's a little weird because, like, she just, like, gets hit with, like, a beam at one point and she gets, like, possessed by her mom's memories and that mm-hmm. activates her morpher and then that gives her the ability to become the new Yellow Ranger. I still don't quite understand what was going on there. Um, uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I think that part of of this is probably what worked the best for me. Less so, you know some of the other stuff i would say they should do a sequel to it but if they do a sequel don't have it just be that like tommy dies immediately and we <laughs> do all this again you know? <laughs> right yeah um uh, i will say uh kudos to them for so accurately rebuilding the juice bar oh set, yeah Oh yeah. Hey, the guy so that, that played ernie sweet. died a long time ago where was his tribute yeah why wasn't this special about him <laughs> they have to grieve the the owner of the juice bar <laughs> slash gym. <laughs> is there such thing as a juice bar? I, I've I, we might have talked about this. Juice bars exist, yeah. but I don't know about juice bars slash gyms. I don't know if that's a yeah. Thing. Actually, and, no. I've I, there there used to be one pre COVID over here. It was like a, a smoothie juice bar. Well, okay, yeah, I know. This. There's like you know, there's places like beyond juice and, uh, like, uh, Java juice and stuff like that. But I feel like this show predated when those became like a big thing. And I don't know that any of them just have like a gym in their lobby (laughs) either. Um, yeah. Who's running the juice bar? Who even, don't worry about it, man. Um, that's where Balkan skulls should have been. Should have been running. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wish like that's still weird. To those me. are those two characters. I wish they would have come back or had the ability to come back. Or I don't, like you said, we talked about why maybe why they they didn't. But like just to well, have them just have, to like, have a billboard. Just to have two more characters who could have grieved Trini because like you just bird. You just mentioned how the, the grieving yeah. Trini stuff is like interesting, but like we don't even get like a funeral scene with her because they don't have all the actors to do it. Right. So we just cut to like only Zach and Billy talking about her dying and, and that's kind of it. Right. Don't, don't they try to, to like, or, or no, it's not a funeral. They, uh, they, they visit her grave a year yeah. later. Yeah. They do yeah. visit her. They grave do, but then the, the other characters are already the power Rangers there. <laughs> that was a pretty cold blooded of, uh, to of Rita. She's like, I knew you guys would come to her grave on this date and she shows up and she just, she's just going to kill the rest of them there. <laughs> what an asshole. Um, I don't know. It was a, it was a mixed bag for me. Um, yeah. Agree. I think, I think if you go in with the right set of expectations and if you're just like, if you understand what it is, it's, I don't know, it's like serviceable, but it's not good. But like, again, I, I kind of was just watching it reminding myself, oh, I don't really like Power Rangers cause it's good. <laughs> you know? So <laughs> I mean, just, that's, yeah, I get that. I, I feel like I, they, they could have thrown a little more money at it. I think that would have. I think uh, I it's, it's not as good as some of my favorite Power Rangers episodes, but it's better than some Power Rangers episodes. So, you know. But I'll, hey, yeah, if, I, if it's between watching this and watching Turbo again, you know. Yeah. Give me this. Well, it's also shorter, I mean. 
Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't. Do, I feel like Power Rangers fans can't like Turbo, can they? I don't think well, that's. Well, I a mean, hot I, but it does have Diva Tox, who's pretty hot. So, uh, well, I think okay. one of our. Uh, Probably our hottest Power Rangers take that we could, I, for we we all liked the the re the reboot movie. Yeah, well, yeah. that is and, and Tom who like still hates us. Yeah, no, Tom doesn't. I, well, uh, the reason <laughs> that's the reason I said that. I think you two are the only other people I know that like liked that movie. Like, like even like people outside our circle. Like, um, Chris, my podcast co-host likes it. As okay. Well. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend it's a, um, an amazing piece no. of cinema or whatever, but uh, I don't know. I, it felt like, and we said this when we reviewed it back in the day, it felt like a, a CW version of Power Rangers. And yeah. The only, the only problem is it didn't have the budget for more action scenes. All yeah. Action it, scenes, that's 20 minutes. Yeah. So no, man. I, I, I forgive it that. Yeah. I see that thing get ripped on just constantly. I don't, I don't know. How are uh, how, how's the Power Ranger fan base feeling about this one? I'm just kind of curious since uh, I mean the reviews have been pretty good on this. So yeah, I I, I think I I mean I probably probably I mean Power Rangers fans are insane. So if you start looking into the real like sub communities of the fandom, it's probably do incredibly <laughs> divisive. Just. But o- overall, you know, I, mean, it, I can it, tell you on Rotten Tomatoes, and I know this isn't the end all be all arbitrator of anything, but it has an 87% critic score and an 88% audience score. Well, there you go. Whatever that I, means. There you go. Very confused by that. But right. I'm more confused by your uh, just hatred of it. I think. <laughs> <laughs> to me, like 80, it was somewhere in the range of like 88, like, well, maybe, maybe not. Like 85, 82 is kind of where I'd be like, yeah, I get it. Um, um, uh, before we before we sign, I also just want to say by all, I mentioned Divatox being hot, but also Bird. You're like, well, I don't know about Turbo, but I mean, Turbo does have Evil Kimberly. Oh yeah, yeah, so. you're yeah, Evil Kimberly. Yeah, you're you're all about Evil Kimberly, and evil she Kimberly. she she's she great. was off the show when they did that. I think. Yeah, right? her and Jason both yeah. come back for that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Okay, so um, how many? Uh, I don't know. There's not like a, I don't know. I, there's how like many, how many pointy uh, Robo Rita Repulsa boobs? There you go. Because like I, I don't know. I was thinking like there were things I was thinking, but they were all in poor taste. So we'll go with that one. Um, I'm in a two and a half. It's a mixed bag. Some of the stuff works. Some of it doesn't. Um, it, 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 it lacked the real reunion special charm for me. It it felt more like here's a continuation of where everyone is. Um, instead of like, here's a reunion because like, it's not really a reunion because like everyone's missing. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, you know, the, going to see, you know, uh, a ba- uh, your a band that's reunited and it's like half the members like it's like the drummer yeah <laughs> like yeah drummer you know i mean the, the, there's going to be some novelty to that obviously but it's not going to be the full experience it's like when you go see the beach boys and john stamos is in it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah i'm at a 2.5 also i think like everything you just said is true but i mean I, it's fine i didn't hate watching it I, th- I enjoyed it well enough for 55 minutes but it's got some kind of fatal flaws that keep it from being great um although i will say one last thing i forgot to say is um i just want to give big ups to walter jones because i mean nobody looks bad in this but 
everyone else is very visibly like you know they age quite and like walter jones looks like he could just still play zach as like a teenager that yeah guy, everyone's aged very, very well <laughs> I, I i would say this everyone's aged well like you know mm-hmm. david yost looks good Catherine sutherland looks looks great but walter jones just looks the same yeah <laughs> it's free it's actually freaky <laughs> Uh, I'm at it too. So like, I'm not that far removed. I, I, I don't know. I just, I couldn't get into it. I tried, but if it, it gives some people some catharsis and I, I do think there was uh, good intentions behind it. So like, I can, I can understand that and appreciate that for what it is. All right. So, um, so on that note, I guess we'll shift into, uh, to the, uh, the second half of our, our double feature here. Um, like I said, this was going to be two episodes, but we combined them because we're lazy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about smoking causes coughing, which probably a lot of our listeners are going to be like, what? So, um, uh, well, this is the thing. I think, this is, I think it's actually perfect to have this as one episode because a lot of listeners are probably listening to hear our thoughts on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers special. And if you are a Power Rangers fan, this is probably a movie you, you might want to check out. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And I mean, one of, the, one of the biggest compliments I ever get about this podcast is when people say like, hey, you turned me on to this like, really cool movie I never would have heard otherwise. Like when we did Psycho Goreman, I, I had a, a, several people like, hey, I, if not for you, I wouldn't have known anything about this so um you know we're always advocating for people to check out other things expand their horizons so smoking causes coughing is uh the new movie by uh uh, it's a french film um from a a fairly prolific director um named quentin depew um and uh, people may or may not know him, I guess, depending on how much people are plugged into, you know, indie or international cinema. Um, uh, I talked to you guys a couple weeks ago about this off air, but I, my first exposure to him was because um, he is uh, he he's an electronic mu- he does electronic music under the name Mister Oizo, and he's directed you know commercials and music videos. And um, for me, my first exposure to him were these commercials for Levi's jeans in the late 90s. And they were really simple and really strange. And uh, they involved this character that was like this, it was this puppet, which I've learned was made by the Jim Henson studio. Um, It was this puppet named Flat Eric. And um, the first commercial with that character. And the first one I remember is just like listening to, uh, a Mr. Oizo track in a car and this puppet character, just pulls up in the car next to the sky and it just like looks at the guy and bobs his head to the music. And that's like the commercial for whatever reason, young me thought this was hilarious. And so like, I would like, flat Eric showed up in a, several commercials, not even always for the same thing but uh anytime i saw a commercial with this character i was like super excited because this character i just thought was hilarious um then many years later um the next thing that uh caught my attention from him was a a movie called rubber which is probably his most famous work that probably 
is something a lot of people listening in, either, in North America. I yeah, think, yeah, right, right. Um, but that, yeah, that was like his breakout in America as a film director. And anyone listening, if they haven't seen the movie, there's a, a good chance they might have heard of it. But uh, yeah, it's a movie that kind of went viral. Uh, I don't know, probably something like around. <laughs> 10, 15 years ago. Um, 2010. 2010, there you go. Um, and, it, you know, it's known as the movie about the tire that kills people. It was basically about a tire, a sentient tire that could make people, like, explode. But the movie itself was actually a little more than that. It was more of, like, a meta-commentary on why we watch movies and all, all kinds of crazy stuff. It, it, it wasn't just, like, a the campy, oh, it's a killer tire movie, um, even though there is a killer tire um, and since then, uh, you know, he's made a lot of movies. He seems, he seems to work a lot. Um, uh, there's one called wrong, uh, last year, the year before, maybe there was one called mandibles about these two dumb guys who find a, a giant mosquito and they are like trying to train it. Um, and then Trev, um, your favorite that you, uh, that you've talked about, um, and recommended to a lot of people is Deerskin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Deerskin stars Jean Dujardin from The Artist, and it's like a really it's a really dark black comedy where Jean Dujardin is this guy who's just recently been divorced, and he's kind of just his life is in disarray, he doesn't know what to do with himself, and he sees an advertisement for this guy selling a deerskin jacket, and he drives all the way to this small village to to get the deerskin jacket, and once he gets it, he just becomes obsessed with it. And he also, and the guy who he buys the jacket from also just says, well, I'll also throw in, I don't, I don't, I have this like video camera. I don't need this here. You can take this if you want. And Jean Dujardin starts going, he goes to stay at this little inn in this small village. And he just starts always filming himself wearing the jacket. And he starts like taking the camera out and filming people like telling, talking to him about how great the jacket is and how nice it is. Um, and then it goes like, I don't want to say too much about it cause I really think people should just watch it. But if you get to see the trailer, you'll get a sense of it. He meets this young woman. Uh, he starts showing her the videos. She's actually kind of fascinated by them. And she starts saying, but there needs to be some action. There needs to be some, some like, you know, drama here. And so he's, he starts murdering people on camera as well. Um, but all, and then it's, but it's all still connected to this, this deer skin jacket. It's just a very, very strange movie, but I found it very, very funny. I, I love Jean Dujardin in general. Um, and yeah, that one, I, I, cause I, I should say like, I wasn't a huge fan of rubber and I'll probably talk about why as we discuss this film a little bit. Um, but deer skin was like way more in my, in my wheelhouse. Mm. Um, so uh, I guess I guess the challenge here, and I mean, like we'll we'll probably talk about a lot of this organically as we talk about this movie. Is how do you explain his style? Because it, it, his, these are comedies, you know. And it's, I mean, I think uh, absurd surrealism. Yeah, is what, yeah. yeah, absurd surreal, um, kind of uh, irreverence. Um, yes. Uh, no concern for traditional storytelling. Right. Um, so some people listening might have seen the trailer for, for Smoking Causes Coughing. Um, anyone that hasn't seen the movie, you know, check out the trailer. But yeah, it, it, would, be a, it would be a disservice, and I, I, obviously I know why. It seems like, at least for the American marketing, they're really marketing this as a, a Super Sentai parody or spoof, which... It's not that it's not, but it's also that it's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, if you're familiar with Quentin DePew and, like, you, you say, like, oh, he's made this, like, movie and it looks like a Power Rangers parody, 
if you're familiar with them, you have to also say to yourself, there's no way it's only that. Right, and yeah, it would be a disservice to... It is that, but it would be a disservice to describe it as that, because it's also a lot more than that, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, uh, and, yeah, I mean, with this guy, it really is an almost, like, you, you really expect the unexpected, and, um, you know, it's... You know, you watch the trailer, and you know it. it see, the trailer is much more of a straightforward. Here's a Power Rangers spoof, um, and so you know, I mean, watch the trailer, enjoy it. But you know, if if you decide to throw this on, and go in with a more open mind, because yeah, you will get that stuff that's in the trailer. Yes, but it's it's um, just a framing. Device, yeah, so, yeah, so it's it's definitely more than a Super Sentai, you know, riff. There's more to it, and so um, uh, Trev had actually requested to do the synopsis Volunteer, for this. Yes, yes. So, so we'll uh, I'll, I'll let him take it away and just uh, telling us what what the deal is here. Yeah. So, smoking causes coughing opens with a, a family, um, two parents and, a, and their young son driving through the countryside, and the boy stops to go to the bathroom and looking out into a rock quarry. Uh, interesting <laughs> enough. He sees uh, his favorite superhero team. Uh, he's very, very excited. He asks his parents if he can borrow the binoculars so he can watch the battle, and he's telling his parents about them, and it, uh, it says it's Tobacco Force. And so we cut to this battle of, you know, what looks to be a very traditional Sentai team and uh, fighting a rubber monster, like a kind of a Gamera-looking giant turtle uh, monster. And we learn that Tobacco Force is a team of five uh, uh, superheroes who each has like has a different element of tobacco, basically. There's methanol, uh, nicotine, mercury. And what they do is not only do they you know have their like kung fu battles with the monsters, but their ultimate super, you know, superpower together as a team is they can combine to give the monsters a form of cancer so powerful it just explodes them. Instant instantly fatal cancer. So this is tobacco force. Um after their successful battle against this turtle, though, they learned from their their boss, Chief Didier, who is a, a green goo drooling rat puppet that calls them on Zoom, basically. He calls them and says that, you know, congratulates them for beating the, the turtle monster, but says, you know, according to my, uh, you know, our studies or anything, it sounds like you guys aren't, aren't working as well together as a team as you had been in the past. There seems to be some team friction. So he sends them on a retreat. He says, you're going on a team-building retreat for a week. Like Basically, think of it as a vacation. And when you're done, you can come back and fight Lizardin, our big, uh, the, the emperor of evil, who we, we found out is going to try to destroy Earth. But you guys, you guys aren't working together well enough right now to take him on. So go on this retreat instead. So he sends them to this little, like, what basically looks like almost like a bomb shelter in the woods. Uh, this really kind of barren bomb shelter that they're all very, very excited about. They they love it there. Um, one of the strange things about it is when you open the fridge, there's actually a full convenience store in the fridge manned by a woman at all times. Um, and again, it's a Quentin Depew movie, so they just accept that as normal. Um, and then when we get to the actual kind of thrust of the movie, which this is what Bird is alluding to that might not be expected and is not really hinted at in the trailer, we find out this is in fact an anthology movie. In that as they're on this retreat, uh, one night they're out by a campfire and they decide to tell each other scary stories. And so we'll, I guess we, I won't get into each story right now. Uh, we can do that as we, we review the movie. But over the course of the, of the film, we have different characters giving different stories to then where the movie cuts to that story. And it's kind of almost like, it's kind of like Quentin Depew's Tales from the Crypt and that each story has like a dark 
kind of horror tinge to it, but still through his very comedic, bizarre, surreal lens. And at the same time that this is happening, there's some other subplots. We learned that one of the uh, the female members of Tobacco Forest actually has an unrequited love for Chief Didier, the rat. Um, and she's getting ready to tell him all about it and then learns that he's actually sleeping with someone else and how she handles that. Um, and then they also eventually learn that uh, Lizarden has bumped up his plans unexpectedly to destroy the Earth. So they're kind of caught unawares by that. But it's all just kind of a framework to get to these these story pieces um so yeah that is that is smoking causes coughing it is it is a parody of sentai power rangers kind of movies but is, as bird said it's also much more yeah so so basically take any you know tokusatsu show about you know a team and imagine their teamwork sucks and they've been sent on a retreat and they tell each other campfire stories Yes, yeah. like the setup. <laughs> um, and uh, each story is very bizarre, very surreal, <laughs> um, and uh, uh, very funny <laughs> also. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, the, the anthology angle threw me for a loop because, you know, it's, it's an anthology movie that is not um, uh, – advertised as an anthology movie so you know that's good that's going to be the thing that's probably going to throw most people off um yeah. and i didn't time it but it's it's like not a long movie it's only about an hour and 15 minutes i think like the anthology segments have as much screen time as the stuff with the team yeah like that would make sense equal, so yeah yeah um so yeah that's why i said you know go in with an open mind because you know that 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 you know if Creepshow was just sold as, uh, you know, I don't know, Tom Atkins yelling at a kid <laughs> or something, <laughs> and, uh, you know, you go and it's a bunch of different stories, you'd probably be like, huh, what? So, uh, so yeah, that's like the, uh, the, the thing to know here. Uh, and if that sounds like your jam, then dive right in. Um, cause, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, I had a, great time with this even even with that expectation kind of you know uh subverted and getting an anthology movie when i didn't think i was going to get one i i still i just uh i was i was really taken with this um uh i just i found the the concept really intriguing and uh i, I thought it was funny i mean I th- I thought it was really funny. Um, so, uh, and Bird doesn't find things funny. It's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, every every now and then uh, we'll review something that I I think is actually funny. Um, but you know, this this was like my, you know, I like that weird kind of surreal, very uh, outside of the box kind of humor. Um, you know, and, and it's why, you know, a lot of the time mainstream comedies don't do it for me as much just cause like, I don't know, I, I, I have such a weird sense of humor and I like weird, I like weird in my humor. Um, well in our, in our group thread today, we had a discussion about adult swim. Right, right. And like, yeah. And this is a very yeah. adult swim style that's... of humor. And like, I think that's, yeah, like it's, it's this, I love this as well. I, I mean, I'll just say like. 
I don't know if you notice this word on Letterboxd, but like I, I'm, I keep like a running ranking of my, but the, the movies that I've seen every for the year. And right now, this is like my second favorite movie of the year. I, I just love this. I don't, I don't think I liked it as much as Deerskin, if only again because Deerskin is one single narrative, and it's like a like more in my wheelhouse in terms of being like a dark comedy horror kind of thing. But I was really taken with this, and I was so the reason I, I bring up the Adult Swim thing is I recommended it to some other friends in another group thread. And um, actually, uh, somebody said, well, I was a kind of interested because I sent the trailer and then I sent my review and I said, guys, you got to watch this. And somebody came back and said, oh, I was interested until I saw it's from the director of Rubber. And that's like one of my least favorite movies of all time. So nah. And I was <laughs> like, well, hey, like, I, I don't like Rubber either. And, and I was like, and in fact, it's weird to me that I don't like, I really didn't like Rubber, but I've liked everything else I've seen from him since. And I was trying to figure out why that is. And I do think the difference between Rubber and then the, everything else I've seen from him since is that Rubber is doing that thing where it's being really weird, but it's also constantly commenting on how it's weird. Mm. It's like this like <laughs> meta experiment where the whole thing is like characters going, well, you're watching a movie and the movie doesn't have rules. And isn't that interesting? Like this is a movie without rules and it's a movie where absurdity is the point. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, but by saying it, you're kind of like defeating the purpose. And so what I love about his later stuff is he's left out the meta like element and it's just absurd, but the characters just accept everything is absurd. And that's what like works really well in this. Like obviously the story with the person getting stuck in the grinder is a great example oh my God. of that. But like I said, <laughs> even the even the joke about like when he comes when they come, first come to the place and he's like, "Hey everyone, like we got a uh, we have a convenience store fridge." And it's just like, "Okay." <laughs> it just moves on and it's like, "Yeah, there's a woman in the fridge who get, who get, like runs a store." And like that's just a thing and it's just like it's just everything's accepted at face value. And I think that's what makes it very very funny throughout. It's always so a I little. Never, oh well, go ahead, man. I had not actually not seen anything from him, so I had like zero idea what to expect. Um, this movie's awesome, and it, it like the other thing is it's short. It's like what eighty-eight minutes, something mm-hmm. like that, and every character has a a shtick, but it's believable. And honestly, they play so well off each other, like the different levels of conflict and like the leader being just a total, just he's a jerk and mean (laughs) and frustrating. And yet like you're captivated by him the entire time. He's my favorite one. And then you have like, you have like the the chief who's just like drooling this nasty goop out of his mouth the whole time. And like it, it's hard to like, you watch and you're like, what am I watching? And that you're also like, why do I like this? So it's, I had a blast with it. Also the first like 10 minutes are great. I mean, like if you're if you're a fan of Tokusatsu, like the, the first ten minutes you're gonna love. It, mm-hmm. th- they're fantastic. Yeah, the yeah everything from the I love that. Like I don't know, I, their leader. You know, I don't know their equivalent to like a Zordon is like a rat creature that is just like constantly, Splinter, <laughs> yeah, constantly <laughs> drooling this green goo and. For whatever reason, women love him. Like, uh, you know, the one girl, you know, she calls him and, you know, before before she does, she's like, you know, fixing her hair and adjusting her boobs or whatever. And then, like, you know, she sees that he's got, like, a woman in bed. And then you learn, like, there's other another character that, like, has a thing for him. And he's just this disgusting rat creature. Um, and, you know, they don't explain why any woman would have any interest in this gross monster but that's what makes it funny like that's 
You know what else this really reminded me of Bird is, and I wonder if like if you had a chance to ask Depew about this, if you would say it was an influence, is um, Danger Five. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. This has sense. such heavy Danger Five vibes. Like even to the point of like Danger Five's boss is like you know just that guy who's like an eagle for no reason. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean stuff like that is just so funny to me. Like when they first get to like their like little resort place. Um, like the place like sucks. Like their their beds are just like a flat, like I don't like, know, like like an operating table. They're just like yeah, metal beds. Yeah, yeah, like and, no and like w- when they get there, they act like it's amazing. Like the guy lays down, he's like, "Oh God, this is so comfortable," and it's just like this flat surface. <laughs> like stuff like that really makes me. Like laugh. Um, I you guys say like I the leader is a jerk, but I I love the leader. He's I great. Love when yeah, he's, I love when he's talking no, he, to the when he's talking to this the little kid and he's talking to the kid about his dad and how his dad smokes and he's just like, you think your dad looks cool? No, your dad looks like an idiot. Your dad sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I I also like because you know that like you said the team is called the Tobacco Force and they use all the poisonous things that are in cigarettes to like kill the monsters mm-hmm. and like. I like that that's also a joke. Like, what, during that interaction with the kid, the kid's talking about, like, he's basically like, if you're the tobacco force, like, don't you think that makes it sound like you guys think smoking is cool? And, like, <laughs> like just there's confusion about that. And, like, that, and yeah, that's when you get the, like, your dad's smoking, he looks like an idiot. Like, like I'm actually I'm actually conflicted though. Now I'm thinking like I don't know if like my uh, the leader's my favorite member of Tobacco Force, but I don't know if you, my favorite character in the movie might be Lazardin, the the Emperor of Evil. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he reminded me a lot of um uh the main villain in um not Power Rangers, but uh one of the many um I guess v- after Power Rangers, there was a slew of these Japanese shows being adapted. But uh, Saban did a, a show that was like uh, they took one of the a couple of the old Metal Heroes um, shows and they did their version, which was VR Troopers. Mm-hmm. And the guy was like a weird guy that dressed in black and sat in an office. He reminded <laughs> me of Lizardon a lot. Um, but yeah, no, he's awesome too. Like, uh, and like, you learn that he has like a family that like hates him. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, they get for, together for dinner. He's just like, "What's for dinner?" Oh, and it's galaxy soup again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, they drink what looks like almost like liquid metal. Like that's the soup. Um, no, yeah, that that all that stuff is hilarious too. Um, uh, and then yeah, the different stories are are all good there's the there's a few there's one about this woman that starts wearing this helmet uh sensory deprivation helmet yeah and it like causes her to realize that she actually hates her life and all her friends and like it may and she won't take it off to the point where like her husband is like trying to saw it off of her head and stuff (laughs) Um, and like, she just like slowly goes insane. <laughs> um, or maybe she's the sane one. Maybe that's the point. Right, right. Then there's one that's like 30 seconds that a little girl that stumbles into their campfire tells from the perspective of a fish. And it's like a fish POV of like this fish, uh, like seeing all these chemicals dumped into this lake. 
Um, and then there's one told by a fish. That one's yeah. hilarious. The barracuda. <laughs> yeah, they they meet a barracuda. Well, they meet. They catch a barracuda, and they're gonna they're they're gonna cook it. You know, and that's gonna be their dinner. And then like it starts telling this story, and then they're so enamored by its by the story that they just let him tell the story until he ends up dying <laughs> and by then he, he and, by, and by then uh he's too burnt for them to eat um and that's probably my favorite story which is about yeah. this <laughs> this guy uh at this construction site and he gets caught in a wood chipper and like his aunt who's like running the project like She's trying to get the get it to reverse and like let him go and but then every time she tries to reverse it he gets like chomped up even more and throughout the entire thing he just keeps saying like no I'm fine like don't worry about it like <laughs> it doesn't he's like hurt, I swear he's like yeah he's like I it probably looks like I'm like in pain but I, I'm really not like I'm okay like it's it'll be fine and that just keeps going to the hundredth degree like. <laughs> Um, to where, you know, he's eventually just like a pile of guts and he's still like, I'm okay, I'm okay. Um, which that was probably, my, if, if I had to pick like my favorite segments, like that's, that's probably the, my favorite one. Um, yeah, that was, that was the highlight for me. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's a really funny movie. And then even the, the, the like, the, because the, there's a couple monsters we see, you know, we see the turtle one at the beginning, and then later we see, a, like, a footage of them, like, like, mutilating this, like, beetle monster, and they're, show, they're showing it to this little girl, and they're like, why, why would you show her this? I um, love that part, too, though, because she, they show it to her, and she's just like, that's like a, that's a rubber monster. You're just fighting a rubber suit monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> Yeah, um uh but even that like the 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 there's also like a ro- the robot assistant that they have named Norbert um who com- the first suicide. one commits suicide <laughs> and then is replaced. Um all that stuff is actually like really well done. Um and uh speaking of this Power Rangers special, there was an inter- we there was an interview that we were looking at with with Depew, who and he was saying like, you know, we really did want to put like a lot into like you know the robots, the monster suits. Like we really we did want to make these like top notch, and they're actually they are pretty good um, just on their own as you know cool rubber suit monsters, like the kind of stuff we love. Um, and and at the same time, he 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 was saying like he around the, like the same day or the same week or whatever that interview was conducted was when the trailer for Power Rangers once and always dropped. And he was like, you know, I just saw the Netflix put out the trailer for their new Power Rangers thing. And he was like, I just thought, you know, uh, it just looked cheap. It looked like it, it just looked cheap and stupid. And he was like, I wanted our stuff to look, to actually look good. I, I he, he was like, I don't want it to look like, like that. I want it to actually look like, like it actually had some money and there's some quality that was put into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he succeeded <laughs> cause I really liked the, all that, all that stuff was good. The, the puppet they did with the, 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 for the chief is, 
is is awesome and funny. It almost looks like something out of like Meet the Feebles. Yeah, big time. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this, this is the kind of movie that I'm happy to kind of like give a spotlight to because, um, uh, I don't know. I, this is the kind of thing that I, I would tell people like, Hey, you should watch this. Um, especially if you have like a crazy sense of humor that. Yeah. It's just so unique. Right. I mean, we don't get, we don't get a lot of movies like this over here. So I think we should embrace them when we get them. Like you can't, you can't say this when he's not creative. Um, if I, if I had like one complaint, I wonder how where you guys fall on this. I do feel like the, the short runtime was like a nice benefit, especially when you're like, you have a busy week like I did, but I I do wish I had one more story. I think, I, I think it felt as an anthology film. It needed one more story to, to really, to, to hit that part home. But that's 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 a pretty that's a pretty light complaint when I liked everything about it. I just felt like because I liked it so much I wanted one more in there. Yeah, I have this quote that he had about uh, he says uh I just saw the trailer for a new Power Rangers movie. These people probably have 50 times the budget I had, but still their costumes suck, they're terrible, they're s- just stupid. My movies are small in terms of budget for but but for this one, I know we've put a lot of work and a lot of money into the special effects and the costumes to make the movie enjoyable for the viewer and to make the costumes look great and not just funny. There's no CGI. We had to design the creatures, then the special effects guys had to build these huge costumes. Same goes for the robots. The robots you see were actually remote-controlled, and so they were really moving and living. It's a comedy, but at the same time, the visual aspect is very important to me. Um, so there job. you go. <laughs> Fighting words there. One thing is like what this. Uh, if you only concentrate on like the Tokusatsu parody stuff, like that works well. Like it, it works as just that like a parody of it. Like the moment in the beginning where you know Matt mentioned how great the first like ten minutes are, or whatever. But I mean, when they blow that monster up and just the guts go all <laughs> over them, but then also flies all the way over to the family. Yeah, like it hits the car like way off in the distance. <laughs> That's great. That's, just, that's great. So it's like it works like it's like that's what I mean. This is where to me where I think he's evolved since Rubber because it works on just a silly like level of, of just parody, but then you also get just the nonsensical absurdity of some of the later decisions, and especially when you get into the anthology aspect of it. So I like that it, it can it can play on both those levels because it's just it it's silly and uh, you know goofy, but there's also something more under the hood too. The, the funniest part of that whole fight is like you have three of the members fighting the monster and then two of the guys are off like a hundred feet away and they're arguing about something. Yeah. They're they're just like talking (laughs) like they're not, they're, they're just not even doing their jobs. One of them is the leader too. Yeah. He's like, we can't beat this hand to hand. Can we, we should, we should try our special ability, which is like hilarious. And then when they do that, like the payoff is, is pretty awesome. And then like, (laughs) when you go, when they go and finally talk to the family, who's like up on this huge cliff, they're all covered in blood and nobody says anything about it. It's, it's, it's really yeah. Funny. I think the challenge with his breakout movie being rubber, which was very divisive is, you know, the way we've talked about it, you know, we'll sh- has shown you because of that, that's probably the first movie I, people have seen from him. And so it's like, you know, whether you like rubber or not, if, if you don't like rubber and that's the only thing you've seen from him, like, I mean, he's made a lot of stuff, and so yeah, you can't like. I, I, I think for whatever reason, maybe because of just how much of a statement piece Rubber felt like, 
but there seems to be an assumption, like I saw it today from a friend, or just thinking like, well, I, I bet every movie he makes is like that. Yeah. It's like, well, no, every movie he makes is surreal and has absurdity, but that's, they're not all like that. Like, yeah. Every, you have to assume filmmakers evolve. It, right, yeah. And, and you know, every, every I don't know, I, I hate to judge directors based on just one movie. Like, I mean, if you if there's a bunch that are garbage, like, okay. But, like, you know, because for someone out there, you know, their first George Romero movie was probably like the dark half or something, you know, and, you know, the, and so, yeah, it's like, you know, it would, it would be silly to be like, oh, I didn't like that, you know, so I, eh, Night of Living Dead, you know, who needs it? You know, I mean, that's just a well, silly so if thing you, to think. A question for both of you, because like, what, what, what movies might you compare this to? Like, if you're trying to give people a, t- a sense of like what this would be like, because, well, not like I, I kind of made this comparison earlier, not movie wise, but I think like if you're if you are an Adult Swim fan in particular, if you've been into things like um, Too Many Cooks and yeah, unedited, yeah. unedited footage of a bear, like the, those kind of like those um, Adult Swim infomercials and like the whole like kind of Tim and Eric absurdity aesthetic, like Tim and Eric's bedtime stories in mm-hmm. particular, the the horror anthology show they did. Like that's that would be like the biggest comparison yeah. point. As yeah. far as like yeah, that and the yeah, just Adult Swim's vibe mm-hmm. or whatever in general. But then also like I mean you know if if you know you're looking for a more Tokusatsu style comparison, maybe something like the Zebra Man films or the second one yeah. especially. Um, yeah, it's a good one. You know. Or if you're looking, like, I just thought, like, if you are thinking of, like, a more kind of known comedy that deals in the same kind of surreal absurdity, um, something even like Wet Hot American Summer, I mm-hmm. think, has moments. You know, I was thinking of, like, the moment in Wet Hot American Summer where they come back, well, even the trip to town, the t- when they take a trip into town and there's that montage where they end up becoming, like, heroin yeah. addicts. <laughs> right. but, but then when they come back from the trip to town and they, some of them jump out of the truck and just go stand up against the, the wall in the background for no reason, like, that's the kind of joke that would be in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, what how do Americans, like, that's the kind of, like, that's the kind of comedy I like. Like, I like yeah. the stuff that's, like, really out there that you probably wouldn't just recommend to anybody. Like, um, and this this movie hits a lot of those notes for me, mm-hmm. um, uh, and yeah the the whole the whole cast is really really good. They're great, yeah, yeah. Um, I liked everybody, um, really. Um, <laughs> there's the guy that can't sleep, <laughs> and he's he he <laughs> asks the the lady running the store in the fridge if she wants to get a drink, and she like says like I'm not a whore or something and then like he flips out on her later. Like that's that's all great. It's all great stuff. I love the reaction to the little girl's story about the fish too. How it's just like just so devastating to all of them. It's just like <laughs> yeah, the most depressing like, thing they've ever heard. They're like, have you had enough depression? And like everybody <laughs> yeah. just quits the fire and yeah. goes to bed. And the, the one guy was like super excited about telling his story, but after the fish one, they're like, we don't want to hear any more stories. <laughs> Um, no, uh, this movie's awesome. I mean, I was looking forward to it, you know, when the trailer dropped and I first heard about it when it was playing in festivals and stuff like that. And it, uh, you know, it, it lived up to expectations. I, I, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know, some putz out there is probably going to watch the trailer and be like, I don't know why it's all these different stories and, you know, why are, why isn't there more of the, like, you know, tokusatsu TV show lampooning and stuff like that. And it's like, man, it's the same thing I, I say whenever we talk about something that's a little different. Like, what you're asking for, like, we have that already. You know, that... <laughs> Those movies, those shows, they all exist already. Um, even there, there's one, I think, is it, Matt, you might know, is it Akiba Ranger? There's, there's one Sentai show that is just a parody of, of Sentai, and they even had, like, a, a, like, an asshole American team that was, like, the Power Rangers, and <laughs> that was a whole thing. Um, so, yeah, like, a lot of this stuff already exists, like... You know, I, I would compare it to, you know, when Cloverfield came out and everyone was like, well, I just don't like that it's found footage. And it's like, what you're asking for is what, a movie we've seen a hundred times. And you have... If, if you're looking for, like, if you want, if you're one of those people that just want, like, hey, I want Godzilla versus Kong and I want them to punch each other for two hours, this ain't the movie yeah, for you. Yeah, watch that. But, that movie exists but already. Like, every every single character in this movie is genuinely charming and they all have their own little shtick. And they just they vibe off each other yeah. so well. They're all so like, it's funny. It's a lot I, of fun to watch. Yeah, they're it, all hilarious. It's, it's an ensemble cast, and then you have everyone in all of the individual stories, and everybody is funny. Like and the and like the actual like the, the two longer like movie within the movie things are great. Oh yeah the like, the the woodchip guy the woodchipper guy I could watch that just I could watch that every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. That, one thing, like, don't you like every once in a while? Don't you want to just watch a movie that you just is like uh, unlike anything else you've seen? Like, that's yeah, the thing. Yes. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. No, it's always refreshing to have that, and um, and if it's within a subgenre or playing with tropes of a certain subgenre, you know, that is really something that I always. I always like to discover, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's where you get stuff like Colossal or, you know, um, stuff that is working in familiar territory, but everything else about it is different, you know, and then, you know, within fandoms, that's where stuff gets divided and people are like, well, I didn't like it because I was expecting a, an action movie or whatever. And it's like, go look at your DVD shelf. You have that movie seven times over, you know, and so... Um, so stuff like this is the stuff that I really like to find and discover and look forward to. And it, it shows that there are, there's, it shows there is still some juice left in, in some of these genres, um, some of these subgenres, and, and there's still new ways to, to do things. What if one of these teams had to be sent on a retreat and what kind of stories would they tell each other over a campfire? That's an interesting angle that no one, <laughs> no one would really think of. You know, if you don't want to take it from us, take it from the great filmmaker John Waters, who like raved about this movie, and they put his quote in the trailer where he called it one of the best movies of the year. But then he also said it's a it's a superhero movie for idiots. There you go. <laughs> and if you've it. been listening to this show regularly, you know that we're idiots. So I mean, uh, if you if you like like Swiss Army Man. <laughs> Please watch this. Movie. Yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. that's another good kind of like you know. If you I like, love that movie. That yeah, if you awesome. like stuff like that, that's 
or there's like the a wall. Matt there's a Matt Berry show on Netflix or was on Netflix for a while the BBC show Toast of London I don't know if you guys have seen that but another that's like another show that just like it's that same kind of like where things just happen that don't make any sense they're not like and the actors just accept it or the characters just accept it like if you're into that kind of humor then then this is this will be up your alley yeah yeah no this was good stuff um, loved it <laughs> how many um, Inexplicably, inexplicably attractive, drooling rat creatures. <laughs> do you give this out of five? Uh, I'm ahead, at a man. four. Like, I'm at a four. I, I, it was great. I everyone should watch this movie. Yeah, I'm at a strong four. Also, I feel like the one thing that, like I said, the one thing missing for, for me is I just wish it had like one more story to really push over the edge. I feel like with an anthology movie and granted like we said this also has the whole thing with the team which is a big part of it as well but anthology films i feel just need to have the right amount of stories to really like capture me um and i think this one just would because i keep teasing others that we don't get and i wish we just had one more Mm -hmm. uh i'm with i'm with you guys um like i'm i'm at a strong four honestly i mean i'm gonna watch this movie again um i'll probably honestly this is one i don't buy too many blu-rays for like new releases anymore this is probably one that i'll get um well this is the kind of movie too that you'll want to show to other people right right? yeah yeah it's gonna be kind of a litmus test thing of like do you get my sense of humor let's see like right right um so yeah i'm definitely gonna get this when it comes out on blu-ray um and uh i'm gonna enjoy it for many years to come so it could go up even but i'm at a four i i'm with trev in that um another story would have been nice um but i also love the brevity you know i love that it's just like if you're you know if, if you have a bad day come home and i don't know you don't have time for a two-hour movie you know this is the kind of thing you throw on to just kind of take the edge off and you know, enjoy enjoy something that's nice and short yes. and does its job. Um, Can we please bring back ninety minute movies? Like that that is it's such a delight, honestly. Yeah, just to this, have, is, like, this isn't brevity. even ninety minutes. Yeah, I know. If you right? added another it, story, this would pro- this would you could probably get this into in it like ninety five minutes, which would be great too. But no, I mean, I I love this thing. Um, you know, I I like I said, I look forward to watching it again. Um, I'm I'm on board, and yeah, I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of this guy's movies. Um, you know, I've seen some stuff it's here. Maybe and there. you want to check like other movies out from him. Which yeah, is, which the, is great. The, like that's what you want, right? Yep, yep. And yeah, I'm. I, and all his movies are really short too. So like, I'm gonna start throwing those on. Like, if I'm having a stressful day and I just don't want to watch a something that's two hours and I just want something kind of fun and light. You're like, I'm going to go out go throw some of his stuff on. I know, I know a handful of his movies are on Hulu um, and you know, maybe some other places. So yeah, like I, I'm, I'm going to kind of get my hands a little dirtier in uh, his filmography. Um, uh, well, you know, another thing I like, I know we kind of wrapped up, but another thing I was thinking about like the ones I've seen, um, cause what I, what I, what I've seen is I've seen rubber, uh, wrong cops, deer skin and this one and i liked all of them except for rubber but i think one thing he's really good at and bird this probably speaks to like why you like this kind of humor a little bit more too because i know what i'm about to say is not your bag people don't act like clowns in his movie like, right the yeah thing. it's like the, the humor is absurd and wacky but everyone the performances are always so like understated right and that's what yeah makes it hilarious i like, like that too just, it's like so normal yeah 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 i like that very deadpan dry yeah. 
kind of delivery and and they're yeah not, yeah it's like not they're super not making the joke the scene is the joke exactly it's like yeah yeah and, and yeah that that's absolutely something that i i prefer over I, you know the over the top you know antics of I, whoever a rob schneider right <laughs> <laughs> i think the best thing you can say about like a director is that you watch something and you're like, holy crap, I need to go see his other stuff now. And that's how this movie made me feel. Yep. Yeah, I, I wanna I'm gonna I'm gonna check out more. Um no, I, I'm uh I was just absolutely delighted by this. Um and uh go in with a little bit of an open mind and um you know if this sounds like the kind of stuff you like, uh I guarantee you'll probably dig it. Um so yeah, no, this this was great. This was great stuff. So, there you have it, folks. Yeah. Um, Trap, thanks for being on as always. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to to have you on for something that wasn't what horrible. Wasn't crappy in you know? Asylum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Cool beans. Well, unless anyone's got anything else, uh, we can wrap up. Yep. All right. Well. Good night, everybody. We will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast. Please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Make sure to subscribe for all the latest episodes. You can also check us out on Twitter at KT underscore podcast. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Kaiju Transmissions. And you can email us at kaijutransmissions at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments. And we will see you next time.